Okay, we're live. Greetings, travelers, and welcome to Geronimo Draws Live. In this episode, I'll be joined by Peter Smetti again, and we'll be discussing sequels, uh, what makes a good one and what makes a really bad one. But before we begin, I wanted to announce that I will be launching my first Indiegogo campaign for a brand new story called Wirehead. It's a horror book that harkens back to the slasher films of the 80s and 90s, but there'll be more details uh, coming soon, so I'm excited to share more. So without further ado, Peter Samedi. How are hey, you? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, I got, my, uh, I got my shirt on today for sequels, too. I dig it. I dig it. Is that Aliens? That's Rocky. That? Oh, that's Rocky. Oh, I see. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's but I could see how you confuse the two. <laughs> I mean, they're very similar. <laughs> yeah, totally. it's, you know, the haircut story. Oh, true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, believe it or not, this topic came uh, from our discussion uh, last time about Spider-Man okay. 2. Uh, oh, we were right. talking about You were talking about Spider-Man 1 and I was talking about Spider-Man 2. And I still think Spider-Man 2 is one of the greatest superhero films of all time. But I wanted to talk about, you know, what makes a really good one? We could get into the bad ones because, yep. I mean, it's it's very tempting to make a sequel because obviously the studios see that it makes money and they want to make money. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I would say that if there was like something that's the most important thing to do when you're doing a sequel, it's basically to identify what made the first book special and then offer more and not just book, also movie. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely part of it. It should be the best sequels to me are always the ones that feel like a direct continuation. They build upon what came before, right? Um, and usually that kind of thing ends by the time they get to three or four. Right. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly. you know, which is always weird because it's like they feel like they've been there for so long. They're like, yeah, it's enough. No one wants to continue this story. I know. So usually it's it's not just and also obviously for movies, I think it makes it a little harder depending on what kind of thing you're continuing. So like if you think of uh, Child's Play, for instance, right. by the time they get to three, Andy is so much older in the real world. Yes. You, you can't make it like a month later. Right. You, know, you have to kind of explain passage of time and stuff like that. But then there's other sequels that they do the whole thing where just even spiritually, it doesn't feel like it's in the same universe anymore. They don't feel like the same characters anymore. So mm -hmm. it's one thing to explain passage of time and have these, these leaps forward. But yeah, that kind of stuff I think is always jarring to people. Yeah. And then, you know, in the case too of a lot of horror, uh, they kind of get campier and goofier. Yeah. As they go along. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that that's every good time. or bad, but yeah, it does happen a lot. Yeah. When you look at like nightmare on Elm street one, and then you get into like dream child, it's like, yeah, yeah. what happened here? <laughs> Something oh, <man>. got lost. <laughs> and then, and then just further along even, you know, yeah. uh, oh boy. Oh yeah. yeah. And nightmare on Elm street is, you know, and I, and I do enjoy them all to a degree. Some I of do. Them, yeah. Some of them obviously much less. Yes. Um, and even like Halloween. Yeah. Our even says Halloween three uh, through 19. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like Halloween, you know, season of the witch was actually my favorite Halloween as a kid. And no, I know I never, that never watched that one. Oh, I, I love Michael Myers. Right. Yeah. And I still do enjoy it. But I know that the whole thing was because John Carpenter, uh, he originally had wanted to be an anthology, anthology. type series. Yeah. yeah. And that could have been really interesting that it's always something oh. different on every Halloween, you know, I'd love to have seen um, that. Yeah, 
but obviously that's not really what happened. But I did really enjoy Season of the Witch. And and as an adult, I was like, what movie is that? Because right. I was trying to remember because I loved that one so much as a kid, but I could never remember the title. And yeah. then eventually, of course, I'm, I'm watching the Halloweens all over again. And then it's like, oh, it was it's just one that has nothing to really do with Michael Myers. Right. Right. It's very uh, it's very interesting how they pulled that off. But yeah, there, there's stuff like that that obviously you're, you're taking risks creatively when it comes to making sequels like that. But mm -hmm. you know, when you're talking about like the superhero sequels like Spider-Man 2 or whatever it is. Yes. Um I think my favorite first and second is probably Superman 1 and Superman 2. Yeah. And they feel so closely related even oh, yeah. in terms of not just sequence of events but like spiritually as well. Oh yeah um you know so like part two you know, yeah but, yeah you know then a sequel it's weird you know it's like godfather one and two like yeah i, I consider them the same movie you know yeah you're right it does feel more like there's a part one and a part two so yeah i think yeah. it is it's funny how that happens with, with some of these sequels the way that they do it and obviously there's we could talk about star wars sequels oh, till we're, we're gonna get into that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but enough yeah. about that you know and also i'm on your channel so Please feel free to, sh to tell me, Pete, shut up. I'm, I'm no, please I'm, going. I got to get those watch hours up, you know? <laughs> it could work. The man. People could be like, I'm trying to tune in to watch Rob say something and watch Pete shut up. And no, here no, he is no. on another channel. He doesn't shut up. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. The Sketchosaurus Rex, 100%. I think the most most of the greatest sequels continue what was started in the first movie, but changes style like Terminator to Terminator 2 or Alien and Aliens. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, you know, what's funny is that when you really look at Alien and Aliens, it's, and same with Terminator in a way, it's the same premise, but, uh, you know, it's, it's humans confined in a space with dangerous aliens. They have, it's like a fight for survival. But mm -hmm. the first one, we had an ensemble, an ensemble cast of ordinary people who were not equipped for the situation. Yep. And what was great about the second one was that now here, all right, now the cast are, hardened marines who are ready to kill you know they're anxious to kill until it's and game over man exactly exactly <laughs> because then you think wow wait a minute these are the most ruthless lethal human fighters we have in the galaxy and they're no match for a horde of these things they're not so, even a match for ripley <laughs> yeah exactly yeah ripley's Absolutely. tougher than all of them oh she's great and she's forced to take control of the situation again but in a different setting yep. i think James Cameron, let me tell you, I think he is the, the uh, you got a sequel like James Cameron if you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, say. he's also the, I, I think probably one of the biggest directors that seems to be a go-to to know how to make a strong woman without yes. making them, um, you know, so many people nowadays, it's like a strong woman. And then, they, and then they make these masculine traits and that's what makes it yes. a, a woman strong. It's like, I know he had a really good, uh, handle on the balancing of the feminine and the masculine mm -hmm. to make a strong woman character to not lose the the softness the emotional side too yes. and also you can have the strong physical side and and the attitude and everything else but um yeah it, it's it's a really great thing to see that kind of characterization and we don't really see much of it nowadays it just feels like nope. um you wrote the character as a man and then you just mm -hmm. put a woman in there, and now it's a strong woman. It's a very different way of doing that. The same way that you would have a strong man, exactly. I feel that that also is is different yeah. too. But I mean, that's a whole conversation for another day, also. No, but, but it's uh, true though. It, no, it, yeah. it ties into that because you know it's it's so funny. We talk about female heroes, and like you know, it's as if Ripley never existed before. And in my opinion, is one of the greatest uh, female oh, yeah. movie icons. I mean, and even 
you know, going into actually tying into the conversation about sequels, look at even Terminator. Yes. Sarah Connor, her, her growth as a character. Oh, unbelievable. I saw it when I was a kid, I saw Terminator 2 first. Yeah, same. And it came out, it, it was, it's Terminator 2 is probably still one of the best sequels ever made. Mm -hmm. um, but to see then going backwards and viewing it later on as like Terminator is almost like a prequel to me, yes. even though obviously it didn't come out like that. Yeah, I had the same experience. Yeah, to see her character and you and you go, wow, you know, like she wasn't like that at all. No. But she's put through the ringer and beyond. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, of course, then by the time this, because imagine though, if in Terminator 2, she's still just like she was in Terminator 1. Oh, it wouldn't work. It, it wouldn't make any sense. No, absolutely not. And, you know, she's completely trans transformed in that film. You know, she's like battle, she's like a battle ready warrior now. You know, yeah. as a result of her experience in the first movie. And that's the key. And that's why, real quick, I want to get back to Terminator. But that's the flaw with Rey, in my opinion, in Star Wars, is that she's the same throughout the entire trilogy. Yeah. She doesn't evolve until maybe the, the, the maybe the very end in, the, in, in Rise of Skywalker. And it, it was a detriment to her character, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, no, it's and, true. Yeah, they kind of paint themselves into a corner a bit, and then everything else at that point starts feeling rushed. Yes. But to them, it's because they kind of made this perfect character already. We don't really need to do right. things to this character. She doesn't mm -hmm. need to grow or fall back or stumble or anything like that. It's kind of just, yeah. well, why would we do that to her? She's she's great. She's, she's perfect already. She's perfect already. Exactly. And it's, and it's, it's not interesting to watch. No, it's not. And it's not realistically believable in any sense either. No. Like, like that's no. the thing we, we've talked about. Also, uh, we mentioned this last week, how the push towards realism can take away your suspension of disbelief, yes. but also th the push towards having me believe characters in their journeys and what they're going through, mm -hmm. but making it that nothing seems to really impact them. That right. also takes the viewer out of it. So Absolutely. you do have to have that, again, that balance of, of these realistic type of things and, and making these situations actually stick to these characters and how it mm -hmm. impacts them. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But I think there's so many storytellers that are kind of afraid of yes. having, you know, putting, they want to put the traumatic events in there, right? These big life altering events, these things that mm -hmm. shape you. Mm -hmm. But then they also don't want to change the character. They like the no. character. Yeah, they like the way they made it, right? <laughs> so it's like, uh, no, they're just they're just you know stiff upper lip and they're chin up and you know they move on with life and you know and it's like yeah yeah you could do it's that real. it's not but real that's not, yeah I can't relate to that you know even we if all that's the moments. surface even yeah. if it's the surface what's going on underneath yeah there's something different so you have to have those quiet private moments like I love that moment in Return of the Jedi mm -hmm. when um when Luke is going to Leia and he's going to basically tell her that she's his sister yeah and it's this kind of quiet vulnerable moment it's just this one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one thing and then after they have that conversation han solo comes in he's kind of pissed he's like yeah. oh okay you could tell luke is that who you could yeah, tell I love that. Yeah. you know but you can't tell me i see how it is you know that kind of thing and she's just like you know no that's not what it is at all but she still can't tell him yes you know so then he's like all right i'll just i guess i'll believe you but you know it's that kind of it's these little moments human. here yeah. There. yeah exactly it makes them feel like real people that's the key and you know also i think uh, and again not to bring up star wars constantly but you got to play with expectations and i feel this is the difference and now look i i enjoyed parts of last jedi but uh 
there's expectations and there's like, you know, you're still honoring what came before. And I think Terminator 2 did an incredible job again because the expectations of just, you know, the T-800 being the villain again. And even Sarah's Connor, Sarah Connor's expectation when she sees Schwarzenegger, she right yeah, away yeah. thinks like he's coming to kill me. And yeah, so she's, she's losing her. it. Yeah. Yeah, she's bugging out that moment. She's screaming. You know, it's it's these things, you know, that seem predictable but become defiantly not so in a way. Yep. Even the android and aliens. Think about that. The android and alien yeah. is the villain. But then even Ripley in the sequel doesn't trust Bishop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? You have to have that big scene at the end, even until the audience can feel that they could have trusted him. Yeah. And then it's too late, obviously, what has occurred has occurred, but you're like, oh, okay. Right. You know, it kind of this thing has now died as a hero. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, it, obviously, and that had an impact on her. What had occurred had this big, big impact on her because she remembers what happened with when she trusted this thing the other time and, yes. and what it did afterwards and what had transpired after that. But it's yeah, it's it is strange how modern storytelling it it, it is kind of in that safe zone, mm -hmm. where the characters they've made are the characters they've made, and events will happen, but there's very little impact that really plays across the board, especially, yes. you know, that emotional weight. And that was my biggest problem with the the newest Star Wars movies and even a lot of the newest Marvel movies too. Yeah, is the emotional scenes. There's always a stupid joke after. There's mm -hmm. always something to bring levity immediately. Exactly. All the time. It's, it ruins it. I Completely was out of the first it. Force Awakens. I was out of that one as soon as... Um, <laughs> Who talks? You talk? I talk? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm done. This is, I'm checked out. This will stay on, I but it. I don't care anymore. So. <laughs> I get it. it it's, that scene killed the tension. You know, that, that little moment. Because the whole scene is so intense. He's wiping out everyone in this village. Yeah. And he's going to be like, you talk, I talk. I was like, and oh, you have the me. wherewithal to be like, okay, so now we do our SNL sketch. Yeah. And then we go back to pretending like everyone died. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> our SNL sketch. Those are great oh, deleted scenes. That, I mean, as a deleted scene, that would have been fantastic to see because it would have been funny knowing the seriousness of the moment. And then you yeah. see the deleted, the outtake type of thing. <laughs> right. You know, so, yeah. But like in the movie, if you just cut that scene and you went in there yourself and just trimmed that scene out and you just kind of continued, the weight yeah. of that scene still carries. Yeah. But when you put that in there, what the hell even is that? Is that supposed to make the 14-year-olds giggle or the people who are mentally 14 giggle? <laughs> and go, he, 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 you quit that. It's funny because yeah. he's dressed up. Yeah, I, I think it, <laughs> he's got a mask and he can't really know what to do. <laughs> I, I really, I think there's this... <laughs> There's this, you know, it's the Disney influence of trying to make things, you know, they think they have to put kid jokes in. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they, they, I think they just don't quite get what Star Wars was completely because it wasn't about the jokes. They, If anything, the jokes came naturally with Han Solo's banter between the characters. You know? Yeah. It was yeah, earned. Yeah, and you have him as a character. He's he's a skeptic. He, you know, he's yes. obviously he's not believing in the, the hokey religion. Like he establishes right. himself many times over. Right. You know, he's selfish, he's arrogant. Mm -hmm. So he's gonna make all these kinds of remarks that play into that. But if those same remarks came from Obi-Wan, right. <laughs> like this is <laughs> do you guys know who's who? Right. <laughs> like, come on now. Oh, let's see. Uh, Whispered says Akira Kurosawa once said that heroes are the ones who experience change, whereas the villains stay as is. Excellent. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah that is true. Yeah. And uh, real quick, uh, Alex says, and Rob, I've been watching your videos, painting pages for Blood Round. Man, they look beautiful. Thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing about sequels, too, I think you, you can't be afraid to let beloved characters go. go. And again, I don't mean like, you know, every time I mention sequels, people think, uh, you know, Last Jedi. I, I have my issues with Last Jedi. But like, again, you have to you have to honor what came before. And I think when you take a perfect example is Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. We have yep. this character, right? He has an, a very uh, a massive impression in that film. And then his arc is kind of complete. And then he dies. He lets himself go basically to the force and return of the Jedi. And you feel the weight of it. Yep. You know? And yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, it's frustrating when you see certain sequels that kind of don't capitalize on that, you know? It's pretty early on too. I think it yeah. might even be his first or second scene in Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty early when he passes. Yeah, very quickly. He's, I think, right away, Luke is back after he the whole Jabba thing. He goes back to Yoda, and, he, and then I think Yoda passes right there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. It's crazy. I know. Yeah, so, I, I was going to say, it, it's, it's crazy for them to, you know, when we look at it now, looking back, that kind mm -hmm. of risk that you that you take even i'm not a fan of what they did but even the risk of killing off darth maul right you know first of all i don't know how lucas was like i don't i didn't think anyone really liked him that much <laughs> he's got a double-sided lightsaber <laughs> he's all face painted up he's got horns everywhere he's I mean, a ridiculous what are you doing? <laughs> but jar jar he's like they, they're gonna love this guy <laughs> he's in all three <laughs> So I thought with Clone Wars, I thought there's no way he's actually dead. He cut him in half. There's some kind of crazy Sith magic that's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, know. You know, they brought back Vader. Why couldn't they do this with this it's guy? Kind of, you know, and, and they kind of do that later on, but right. not in the movies, you know. So I, know. I thought with Clone Wars, oh, good. He's getting cloned or something's happening, you know, yeah. and um, the fact that they didn't bring him back, I, I thought know. it was a big miss. Because well, uh, it was Dooku. Yeah, yeah. It would have been an epic fight between, you know, oh my God. Anakin and Vader. I mean, not Vader, and uh, Darth Maul. Yeah. To, you know, then he kills Maul and then he kind of becomes. Yes. Oh, I mean, that could have been. Yeah. And I still, you know, I appreciate that Lucas took risks because at the end of the day, he didn't want to make the same thing, you know, and I totally get that. And I think that's that's the hardest part with sequels is that you want to give the reader something new. Right, I feel like yeah. that's the challenge, you know, of writing any sequel. And I'm, I'm sure maybe that's why you, you struggle. Maybe I'm worrying, like maybe should I make a sequel to the chair? I don't know if I should. You know, I've, I'm sure you thought about it, right? Yeah, I did think about it, and then the more I thought about it, I said, "There's no way that this doesn't ruin the first one." So if you do a mm -hmm. prequel, it kind of ruins the first one because you're explaining too much away. Because mm -hmm. the whole point of the whole thing w is to kind of have this, you know, multiple twists and turns here and play with the reader a bit too. It's like a cat and mouse, not with each other, not with the warden and Sullivan, but with the reader and Sullivan. Right. And then eventually with the reader and the warden, and then with both, and then you realize finally oh okay this is actually what's occurring right um so to do a sequel if i did a sequel to the chair or if i wanted to set it up i would have had it where this is the prison setting mm -hmm. and here are various inmates and every single issue would have been you know and i could still do something like that eventually and right. kind of have like a spiritual successor of a sequel 
right. make it kind of a little more like a supernatural thing. So you don't know, is this like a real prison or is this some kind mm -hmm. of purgatory or is this some kind of hell or what yeah. is it? You know, so I could have set it up to actually tell it in a way that I, that to me as a storyteller, it would have been satisfying for me and for the reader. But to make a direct actual sequel that spins off of the chair or a prequel that spins off of it, I don't know. But as far as a film, I mean, if someone wants to come along, I, I don't plan on making a movie ever again. That I'm, right. I'm making comics and that's it. If I have time and the money to do whatever. Right, uh, but right. if someone wants to purchase the rights to do a sequel and they want to go all you know bonkers with it and create some whatever it has nothing to do with anything it's just about something in, in death row and yeah. call it the chair two or whatever you know electric boogaloo whatever it is mm -hmm. go for it right. uh, I, I just i don't don't <laughs> tell me anything else yeah just just give me the the check and i'm just gonna make a comic book with it <laughs> right yeah and there you go i like that yeah <laughs> Heavy Metal Metal Lara, how are you? Trying to market to children tends to add unneeded elements to dark stories or worse, censor content. Yeah. It's a fine line when you add, uh, you know, you have to know what your story is yeah. you know, before you add stuff like that. You know, imagine like jokes and comedic stuff now happening in, in Blood Realm. You know, it has to really fit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, you got to be, it's a fine well, line. Yeah, I'd say, Rob, you know, I, I know you want to take chances. <laughs> but this cover with Cyphus and he's taking a selfie now. Yeah, it's just not working. I don't know. I know. <laughs> you want to rethink this. <laughs> or when he says he's got a T-shirt on now and he's yeah, saying, so ask, ask me about, me about my, my masculine agenda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you beat me to it. I was actually Ask me about that. my genocidal agenda, you know? <laughs> I don't I don't want I don't think that fits with the, I know what you're going for here but oh, you know well I'm, don't do that. I'm I'm glad we I'm glad we 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 decided to not do that cover by the way Peter. Yeah, maybe it could be an Indiegogo variant. <laughs> uh Ara says uh, Darth Maul was the best part of episode 1. Yeah, he was pretty awesome in that. He was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and who's And I loved him? episode 1 when it came out for warts and all because I really oh, yeah. thought in the sequel, there's no way Darth Maul's dead. He's totally still alive. There's right, no right. And then I, I was like, oh, gee. <laughs> but there's one thing, though, I got to appreciate about what Lucas did. Because in my opinion, I think sequels are, I don't know, prequels are harder in a way. Well, what do you think is harder to do? Prequels or sequels? I would say maybe prequels, yeah. Right? Because you know yeah. the trajectory. You know where this is going to lead. And that's why I, I love Revenge of the Sith. That's one of my favorite Star Wars films. I mean, look, you could say whatever you want about Hayden Christensen. I feel it has a great story, you know, and, and the battle is as epic as it gets. You know, oh, yeah, you yeah. It's overindulgent it's if you want. It's definitely the most solid of the three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it I is. mean, uh, when he's burning at the end, and I, we have to just admit that, you know, you and McGregor knocked it out of the park. As, as oh, yeah. Know. Like that one, it still, to me, needs a little bit of tweaking, but it yes. definitely yeah. needs a less the lesser of any of the tweaks compared to attack of the clones and then you and know phantom, phantom, phantom attack of the clones is probably of that my least favorite but compared to the disney yeah. ones i love them all right no I love all the prequels compared to the disney ones yeah and and you know what's great is that you know it's i think the hardest thing was to try and make that transition to vader and look, no yeah. matter what, you have expectations. But what yeah. I think was the most successful was even though you know the Jedi get wiped out, when that scene does happen in the third movie, I was like, whoa, 
you know, when the music is gone. I mean, it's mainly it's probably attributed to John Williams, <laughs> just who nails oh, yeah, the moment. I mean, yeah, he really does. His his musical aesthetic for Star Wars is what really makes Star Wars Star Wars. It's yeah. just it hits all the right notes. It just it feels it it ties it to the originals. Um, uh, and I don't even know how how he'll do it, but when he creates even new pieces of music, it fits so well. Right. Uh, but yeah, it really does. It, that makes such an impact. It, it's kind of the thing that pulls me out of um, from thinking that they're part of the same universe. It pulls me out of it when it uh, when I look at like uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Yes. You know yeah. they don't have that Danny Elfman type theme to it. Oh, um, I do and like of course, the music, but it's not. Yeah, the same. but it's, it's not, not the same. same. Yeah, it's so it's it's easier for me to look at it as there's Batman, Batman Returns, it's like part one and part two in a way. And then it's Batman Forever, and then there's Batman and Robin, and they're all kind of just like doing their own thing. Yeah, it's true. And I do think though that Batman Forever was the maybe the best you can do, you know, for a sequel. I mean, it's tough because it, I don't know because I, I read what what's his name had in store for for part three, Tim Burton. Yeah, I would like to think that somewhere along the line of what he had proposed to what would have gotten finished would have yeah. still been different, right? Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you have to go by what was being proposed to what ended, we ended up with again, yeah. I still, Tommy Lee Jones to me was perfect as two face. Yes. If Tommy Lee Jones just played Tommy Lee Jones, Jones. the way he always does in every exactly. friggin' movie, no, <laughs> that's the, the one movie he's like, I think I'll just lose my mind. Right. <laughs> the only <laughs> one. Mm. Yeah. And, and that, that's the problem I think is because. I know what sequels do. They tried to recapture what made the first one, you know, successful. But what yeah. you don't realize is that you have the core there with, with Batman already. You have the ambiance and you have to just give a new villain or up the stakes a little bit because basically Jim Carrey and, and Tommy Lee Jones were playing the Joker, not Riddler and Two-Face. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, Definitely. I don't think that's not how, in my opinion, Two-Face or maybe even the Riddler a little bit would act. Yeah, and also uh, another thing that pulled me out of Batman Forever, cast a teenager at the very least. As oh, Robin. right. He was so, cool, though, but I, when I was a kid. Yeah, was, well, it's just like he's 20-something yeah, years old. He probably got a, a ton of insurance money. <laughs> he's fine. He doesn't need to live with Bruce Wayne. He's good right. to go. <laughs> right, right. This isn't like a kid Bruce Wayne's going to look at and be like, I have to take care of this kid. He's like me at that age, and he's lost, and he's got nobody. Like in yeah. Batman the Animated Series, oh, my oh, God. the explanation and showing how, you know, when he's with Tony Zuko and all that stuff and oh, what had occurred and everything else, that, those, those uh, I think it was like a three-parter or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, of course oh, they went at me for that. You know, yeah. I mean, the the impact on the storytelling and then to look through, you know, right now they're not getting along and he doesn't know why oh, and Robin's he's talking down to me and all this yeah. other stuff. And the flashbacks. But it's like Batman is protecting him and he just, he yes. can't let him know any of this because he knows what he's going to do once he finds out. And then, but yeah, all the flashbacks that show how much of a father figure really Bruce Wayne was to, to, to Dick Grace. To so Dick it's Grace, like, right. yeah. it, it's that kind of thing. If they, had that approach with Batman Forever mm -hmm. and, and focused more on Robin, his origin, just Two Face, no Riddler. Yeah. They could have had a, another, a third that just blew it out of the park oh. story. It might have even been better than the first two if they yes. approached it like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it had that feel and that approach like they did in the animated series, it would have been 
I mean, maybe even Oscar worthy, <laughs> if yeah. that even means anything anymore. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, because that whole arc, I, I remember it, I remember watching the movie, you know, Batman Forever as a kid and then watching that. And I remember like feeling the cartoon was darker. <laughs> and like, yeah. what does that say? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it definitely took everything more serious. Yeah. Um, you know, and even and again, to go back to the fact of, of how now everything feels like there can't be that heaviness. It has to be, you know, mm -hmm. immediately erased, immediately erased. Sometimes like the next step in a scene, the next right beat, away, the next beat right away. Someone has to make a stupid joke or something. I completely um, agree. Batman animated series just let stuff hang. It sits. Even even characters, too, like um, that they were just there. Like I'll always remember the, the Underdwellers episode. With oh the guy God. with the, the big croc and he's got these kids and he's kidnapping kids oh and they're gosh, doing all these crimes and but they're yes. they're all kidnapped and they're living in the sewers. That's right. And how serious that episode gets with both, you know, the child abuse that's occurring here, the yeah. fact that he's kidnapping, that there's crime and everything else. But when Batman finally confronts him, and this is basically I don't even know if that character's in the comics. I don't I'd never heard of him prior to yeah. that. You know, and he's just down there, and, and then what Batman says to him afterwards with the whole thing—it's just—it's the the tr tremendous weight, and especially where the the show is supposed to be for kids, essentially. Yeah. So you're a kid watching this occur. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine if you're if you're a kid and you're going through stuff, and 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 uh, you know, in life, not just obviously you're hopefully you're not being kidnapped and having sure. to do crime and live in a sewer. Right. Um, but if you're just a kid being bullied at school or just having a tough time, or maybe you've got troubles at home or anything and mm -hmm. if you see that episode at all i can't even imagine i mean that must that must fill you with some kind of hope and almost this kind of thing out there mm -hmm. especially for children it, it's comforting for them too to see that there's someone out there who cares exactly you know Absolutely. No, and i don't no. think kids get any of that anymore really no definitely not uh i think they all feel like you know they're they're kind of on their own in a little bit you know especially with they're in their own worlds with with social media and everything. It's different. It's yeah, totally different. Oh man, yeah. And and I think uh, uh, something that sequels should do uh, is try to include maybe at least one great new character. You know, a character that's, you know, it's it, it's 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 hard because you already have a great cast, but you know, you need to also make it feel fresh in a way. And I, I agree with what I think it was Sketchosaurus. Someone said about oh, Alex about, yeah, if in my opinion, if it wasn't for Kylo Ren in the new movies, uh, I would have checked out. <laughs> I was more interested in his arc because he's the only one who had growth. Believe it or not, Peter. <laughs> and I will judge Alex, though, for that. Uh, Vader is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I love Vader. I do love Vader, I have to say. Yeah, but he, look, he, to each his own. But uh, you know, Vader is the, the best. But But I think you have to create something new. Uh, yeah, I think I think if the the Disney movie centered more around Kylo, yeah, and more around his his character arc, I agree. You know, um, and you could still even have a character like Ray in there. And if anything, sure. I mean, if you're Disney, you should be like, okay, you know what, Kylo is right now the more mm -hmm. interesting of the two. Right, Ray needs six movies really to flesh out properly. Yes. So if you have Kylo and her on the mm -hmm. side of good in the beginning, let's say, and they get oh. to know each other, and then over the course of maybe even the third movie, he does still die or whatever. Yeah. But over the course of those six movies, the betrayal and friendship they have in the first three mm -hmm. and their rise and fall, that would have made her character 
tremendously interesting now for an episode 10, 11, 12. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, did you end up seeing Rise of Skywalker? I saw bits and pieces of it, and it was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I wonder where they're going to go with it now. They're probably going to go on hiatus, but, you know, it, it, it's such a shame because I don't know if you you ever read uh, Colin Trevorrow's script. It was going to be much darker. Like yeah. she gets blinded at one point. He blinds her with the, with his lightsaber and she basically becomes like a, a Jedi daredevil, which I thought was pretty dark. And he's irredeemable. So he essentially uh, goes beyond his grandfather and he cannot be redeemed. And he literally takes over the universe. So he has to die, which there's no way Disney's doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's no way at all. No, not at all. Yeah. But now Alien 3. What's your what's your take on Alien Three? Alien Three was it was okay to me, it was okay. But the it's it's got to go up against the first two, and the first I two know. are just they're so perfect. iconic. They're they're practically yeah. perfect. Yeah, and and that's crazy that they're practically perfect too, considering the differences in in direction. And mm -hmm. one's a little more horror, one's a little more sci-fi. Yes, you know, so it's. It's crazy to see that that they carried it over really well, even though the story does shift a bit. Right. And Alien Three just kind of feels like I know they felt like maybe a little bit like uh, more is more. Yeah. And then you know, and then when you get to Alien Resurrection, Resurrection. I mean that that, that was just you know that's a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's guilty pleasure. It's just <laughs> like a way of like, how do we get Ripley back? <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, I do love the way Alien 3 is shot. And I will give him credit, uh, Fincher. Well, no, I know he's not the writer, but uh, I do love some of the new characters in the prison. Like, uh, what's his name? The guy from Game of Thrones. He's also in Last Action Hero. Oh, oh um, Tywin, right? Yeah. But I forget. Is it um, Charles Dance? Is Charles his Dance. His character is so awesome. So awesome in that film. And spoilers, guys, if you haven't seen it, they kill him off right when he gets interesting. He literally gives his whole backstory and his whole history of how he ended up there. And it's heartbreaking. And then next thing you know, the alien pops his head. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, they, they pulled the trigger a little too soon. Too soon. Way too <laughs> soon, man. But also the uh, the other guy, he's the black guy with the glasses. He's a great character. Uh, Charles Dutton. He's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's funny, that movie grows on me more and more. I, I feel like people have been much kinder to it now. But you can, oh, yeah, really, you can tell, though, that the film, the, the arc, rather, really closed with that family theme at the end of yep. Aliens. So, oh, real quick, I'm missing some comments here. Wow. So, uh, Rooster, I break all the rules and mostly just aim <laughs> to be weird and confused readers. <laughs> hey, look, and someone's got to do it. Oh, man. Let's see. Heavy Metal. Alien sequels are much better as books. Yeah, the books are great. Uh, I do enjoy the novels. What's his name? I read the ones by... Uh, oh, God. I can't remember his name. He, Alan Dean Foster. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really good. Xenomorphos slashers. Yeah, now, now, also, think about Friday the 13th. Right? Have you ever seen those? Oh, yeah. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, so like you have the first one where it's the mother. And then I'm like, where do they go with this? And I, you know, obviously Jason, he comes back and he's the main guy. 
I thought that was a really great idea. And I don't think they planned on Well, they must have planned. No, I don't think they necessarily did plan on it. I thought he kind of just, because uh, I, I know that even legally, there was a bunch of, there's a kerfuffle between the, the creator, uh, original creator for Friday the 13th. And really? then what they did later on in terms of rights and stuff like that. I know Spencer actually talks to the guy. Uh, they were going to really? do something together. I don't know if they're still going to do something together. But yeah, um, so I don't think they did originally have it planned out that way mm. but they obviously steered it in the right direction which is still funny because of the fact yes yeah, spencer says it wasn't planned at all yeah mm. um it's funny though because of the fact that again uh, depending where you come into these movies like if you're seeing them for the first time yeah i could see it really being this kind of thing where you go what are they doing like they're taking it in this direction they go in here they go in there interesting you know it is still interesting but it's like hmm you know, mm. how, how are you really going to develop this? But getting into it, like I think when I got into Friday the 13th, by the time I was looking at him, Jason already was taking Manhattan. Oh, yeah. You know? So like Jason's established, you know, and, and, and then again to look back and then see how it developed. Um, but again, looking back though and seeing how it plays out, they did a really good job at it because it, it could have felt completely disjointed. Of course, yeah. again, you have to go with a lot of what they're presenting to you. Mm -hmm. But it's you go with it though. They they keep that suspension of disbelief. At least for me, anyway, I felt that way. Yeah. So which one's your favorite out of all of those? Uh, I really like part four, oh, and okay. I do enjoy Jason Takes Manhattan. Maybe because it's one of my first. Maybe it's because mm. you know I was born in Long Island. So yeah. it's kind of just funny. It's a little bit close to home. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like part four a lot as a film. I think that might be one of the better ones, at least to me. No Jason X? And, um, Jason oh. X. It's okay. I, I like Jason all of them. Yeah. I like all of them in their own ways. Right. But it's kind of like also with the Leprechaun movies. It's the same kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. Well, that, you know? that ended up knowing exactly. I feel like they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, they yeah. pushed all the, the right trendy buttons at you know at the right times. Yeah, and then, uh, you know Warwick, he just delivers. Oh, I mean, <laughs> he's a blast to watch. Yeah. it's like watching uh, England as uh, Freddy Krueger. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's great. Like the charisma. It, yeah, and the only good. one I hate is the one that didn't have him. The, that right. um origins, right? Right, you origins. Barely even see the leprechaun. Does it? Yeah. It's not a, that's not a leprechaun movie. Leprechaun in the hood. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah, I love that too. Oh, that was great. See, that's the thing. They take the character, but they change the premise a little bit. And, yeah. you know, let's put him, how would he be in this situation or in this environment? So I yeah. think that's what makes a good sequel, and particularly with slashers, because now yeah. you're changing the environment and, and the, the ambiance in the setting. And, like, how would they maneuver and how would they, you know, end up getting their prey in this kind of, uh, you know, wor uh, world that you set up or stage, rather? Yeah. yeah. Even the, um, I love seeing characters that you know that they're established in certain scenes going elsewhere. Yeah. So Seems even like, never a true sequel to <laughs> <it>. exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so even like when I saw um, when I saw Spider Man, who's very predominantly he's a city character. You know, he's always swinging around the skyscrapers. He's he's very New York City, if anything. Yeah. But when Todd McFarlane had his series, and he eventually does that one uh, where he's teamed up with Wolverine. And Spider-Man's on assignment and he's going up mm -hmm. to the north. Yeah. And now he's in like the woods of Canada and right. he's doing this whole case about, you know, the, 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 the child killer stuff and everything else. And the whole, mm -hmm. the whole thing is, is crazy. And it's, it's nice to even see him out of that element 
and going into a different environment. I think that's another thing too, that at least not with, with films, you can only do so much, but with comics, yeah, if you're getting stale on, on where to put these characters and, and doing all these things, have them go on some kind of a trip. You know, how many business trips did Bruce Wayne take in the comics? But until very recently, he's just kind of in Gotham all the time. Right. You know, but he'd be in various trips here and there. I mean, he'd be in Japan. He'd be all mm. over the world. They he'd did that Wolverine also, right? Yeah, and Wolverine too, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's a great way to put them in a different situation mm. just right off the bat. And the reader automatically knows they're not in familiar territory. So right there, there's an element of surprise. Yeah. And it's just, it's almost like a lot of storytellers have kind of forgotten these storytelling basics. I agree. Yeah, because it's kind of the same beats after a while, especially today. And I think that's what's happening. I feel like they're kind of like afraid now to say, oh, yeah, but this formula is working. Let's not change it too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And instead, it should be more like a recipe than a formula, you know? Yes. Every now good. and then, tweak it a little bit. Oh, maybe a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. Maybe introduce this new ingredient, you know, as opposed to it has to be formulaic. It has to be, you know, we want the Big Mac to always taste like a Big Mac. Right. It's like, no, this isn't how it works. You should, storytelling is more about all the different ingredients and a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that, and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Formulaic storytelling is just, it's yeah. it's boring, which is probably the worst thing you could do as a storyteller is to actually bore your audience. Much yeah. like how I just you're keep right. talking and the audience is like, shut this guy up. No, no, you're right though. No. <laughs> you're filled with that wisdom, Peter. <laughs> Yeah, I'm filled with something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Real quick, guys, in, in the in the chat, comment with uh, some of your favorite sequels. I'm curious, even if it's like an obscure film, you know, because uh, I wasn't a oh, huge yeah, fan of yeah. the uh, of Exorcist two, but three Exorcist three was excellent. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Yeah, Exorcist three is again. It's one of these movies. It's just what were they it feels like a movie that they had to make the way they made it because a lot of things happened during production yeah yeah and it was kind of like you make the best out of something and hope for the best as well mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's interesting how that stuff comes oh, yeah. out but yeah exorcist 2 just it, yeah i agree exorcist 2 is like I, I don't even know what the hell i was watching like yeah. it's they completely completely lost it with what were again you got to change things up i understand but that was just so far beyond it was like some psychedelic trip like it wasn't even i can't even watch that film it's like yeah oh my god but the <laughs> nice the sequel to wreck it ralph i didn't see the sequel to wreck it ralph i didn't even know no, that i didn't see one. that either that's I a great movie I, I didn't see the first one either uh, oh you and rooster share the same uh, season of the witch you said that before peter you really yeah yeah one. yeah i love that one i still enjoy it it's really good i, I have to watch that what I love about Exorcist 3 was that now it was in a serial killer, which was really cool. So it possessed a serial killer and the same detective from, so the side character from the first movie becomes the main hero in that one. And and I, I really like that concept. Alex, well, I don't know about that. Basic Instinct 2. <laughs> if it's truly your favorite. I apologize for laughing and cackling away. I know I feel bad, but wow, but okay. All right. I have, an, I have a strong feeling that's a cheeky response. It's gotta be. But I don't know. He also said Kylo Ren was his favorite character. He didn't like Darth Vader. So now I'm a little I don't know. Peter's a little bit more hesitant now. <laughs> uh Ara says I had a theater professor who worked in the wardrobe department on Exodus 3. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, and they even brought the priest guy, the one who jumps out of the window back in that second one and the third one. I don't know if you remember that scene. The oh, demon, yeah. The demon yeah, yeah, kid. that's right. They convinced that actor to come out of retirement. He was like, I'm done. Yeah, I don't oh, act yeah. anymore. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Oh, this is, oh, this okay. is a good question, too. Uh, yes. What's the sequel that's better than the first? Oh, okay. Mm. What's a sequel that's better than the first? I know you kind of... You kind of hinted at that you thought Spider-Man 2 was better than Spider-Man 1. I was going to say that. I do. I, I, I know, but you disagree. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that, though. We can talk about what we disagree. If anything, we should disagree loudly, passionately, and be very angry to and say swears and everything. Yes. This is so viral. Yes. I take my contract. I'll turn a contract. Yeah, yeah. I Live. take all my blood notebooks and just rip them right on screen. I'm like, take that with your Spider-Man 2. <laughs> But no hard feelings. <laughs> Honestly, to me, um, to me, I feel like this one, Rocky. I oh, think that's a good example. Rocky two. Um, I love Rocky. Rocky two, three, four. Rocky mm -hmm. five is okay. There's parts that I definitely do enjoy. Rocky Balboa, I thought was great. That's a good one. Uh, um, but Rocky two, to me, and it's not because he wins. It's not about that. It's more that because of what was set up in Rocky one, Rocky mm -hmm. two, to me, is a more solid film overall. Rocky yeah. one kind of feels more like it's just a deep dive character study Yes. until like the second half. And then it starts feeling like it's a Rocky film. Right. Uh, but uh, Rocky two, that's the thing though, too. That's what stinks, right? Rocky two though, to me, wouldn't be anything without Rocky one. It wouldn't. So you you need it. It's, yeah. See, that's very much like, you know, the part one, part two kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, it feels like part one and part two. Uh, three is when you feel like, oh, this is a sequel. It's weird, yeah. right? It has that yeah, sequel yeah. vibe. But I still love three. You know, that's yeah. the one with Hulk Hogan, right in the beginning. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> when um, it introduces the Eye of the Tiger song. Yeah, I mean, come you on. Know? Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, they are so jacked in in Rocky Four. It's like insane. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's they look like action figures. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh wow, oh interesting. G Money Gregor Predator Two. Predator Two. Oh, okay. That's uh, a great movie. That's a great movie. I would definitely disagree. I don't <laughs> think it's better than Predator One. Oh, all uh, right. If if you're saying that that's one of your favorite sequels, yeah, oh, I could yeah. definitely say yes. But um, Predator One to me is one of the best films of all time. Uh, I, one of yeah. You you may be a little appalled by this, but Predators is my favorite out of all of them. I rank Predator. Look at her face. <laughs> This is gonna. This is gonna be a very controversial discussion. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I need that gif, you know, of uh, when she just takes the bag and she just walks away. Yes, I, I get it. I get it. But you know, here's the <laughs> thing, though. You you really need predators. Well, well, you need predator and predator. I, I love them all. I love all the predator films, but I love the idea that they're on uh, a game preserve. Oh that, yeah, Predators is is to me definitely it's 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 up there, but it's like Predator and then like Predators and then yeah, like Predator Two, yeah. And then I don't even talk about the other one. Dude, oh my! I saw that recently, <laughs> The Predator. I I was actually I was I was appalled. We I, stopped it. Me and Aaron, we, we freaking love the hell out of the Predator. You know, Predator, Predators. We love those. Yeah. Yeah. But oh man. <laughs> I think Peter just fired you, Geronimo Draws. <laughs> the, the latest Predator movie, 40 minutes in, we were like, oh, that movie was hot garbage. It. Hot can't garbage. 
I mean, I'm sorry. It didn't even have like the music. Like it had the music, but like it didn't have the spirit. The Nothing. CGI. It was hollow. That was the most hollow sequel. That's an example of an awful sequel. So that's what oh. makes it bad. It didn't honor it. It had again when heavy metal uh, metal Lara was talking about the comedic or kid stuff, like the predator is seeking a, a young boy. Like all that stuff was just. But I mean, I really think that personally, I, I actually, oh, coincidentally, just, Rooster just said it. I think Shane Black didn't get to make the movie he wanted because, like, that movie was heavily reshot. Oh because, yeah. Oh, it it's just, completely disjointed. It makes no sense. No, not at all. The characters too was so just. Yeah, that it, feels like the studio came in and they're like, "Well, you need this and you need that and you need." That. It's another one of those ones too that it doesn't let you have any seriousness and intensity to any moment whatsoever. To the point yeah. that every single side character is basically a stand-up comedian. Some yeah. of them almost literally. I mean, Keegan Michael Key is a stand-up comedian. Exactly. You're right. And I did not think for a minute. Like I didn't. I was not convinced that this guy was a cold-blooded killer. No. <laughs> Not at all. Did you see the the uh, deleted scene at the end? Remember when the, what, oh, the, yeah, the weapon? Yeah, yeah. And it's Ripley in the case yep. in in the thing. What? Now what? That, that that would have been a more interesting direction to take everything down just in its entirety. Yes. yes. You know. But uh, where were they yeah. going to go with that? <laughs> I. It, it's like so now you're saying that this is kind of like a prequel then to Alien versus Predator, right? That's, I don't know. I mean, and I enjoy Alien versus Predator 1 and 2, 1 way more than 2. Right. Um, I enjoy 2 now way more than, than I thought I would because the Predator came out. Yeah. Um, Predator 2 was great. I really enjoyed Danny Glover was awesome. You had the whole oh, yeah, yeah. secret lab thing. They wanted to I mean more that. Alien versus Predator 2. Oh, sorry. I, I actually, so I'm going to be watching that this Friday. Uh, oh, okay. With Mike, and we're going to review that for the first. It's I never like, watched AVP two. I saw the first one. I I like the first one. It's not yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. I thought it so, set up some kind of interesting mythos there. Yeah, and, uh, could you could definitely grow on that kind of stuff. But um, mm. you know, AVP two, I felt like all right, it's a little bit. I I get where they were going with it, but at the same time, you know, they they could have expounded upon way more of the mythos that they set up as opposed to. Eh. Yeah. Now it's just you know. It is what it is. It's like every other horror movie with monsters. Um, right. But after seeing Predator, <laughs> I'm like, AVP2 is great. <laughs> I mean, is, is AV2, AVP2 bad? I don't know. Has anyone in the chat saw it? I would because... say it's... Liberty Bell says, yeah, the second was crap. Yeah, I would oh, say man. you could say it's bad. Yeah. I just bought the box, you know, the, the dual set of one and two. So I'm, I'm, I was looking forward to watching two because I liked how one ended. Yeah, yeah. It might be it might be to you so bad that it's good. It it could be that for some people. Okay. Um but yeah, if if your last frame of reference of a predator movie was the one that just came out, it, it probably won't be so bad to you. <laughs> All right. Good. So now now it's funny, we were talking about sequels, but now prequels, because what do you think about Prometheus and Alien Covenant? Have you seen those? I thought Prometheus was pretty good. Me too. Um, yeah, I kind of like that. Even Alien Covenant, I thought was pretty really good like too. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I honestly, I didn't have much to complain about either one, but uh, and I and I thought I would have too. Hmm. But I also love Michael Fassbender. He's so good. So, yeah. You know. The only thing is, is you know they haven't quite 
tied in. I mean, they're going to make one more, but apparently now Disney bought Fox. So now I think, I think that's like stopping the production. Yeah. Because I don't quite get how this is all going to tie into the alien universe. I mean, I get that spoilers. If anyone has, hasn't seen it, you know, David makes the aliens, which is an interesting concept because we make David and now David makes something that kills us, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like he kind of starts doing that, that, uh, that robot thing that they always do (laughs) where, Oh, it turns out the humans suck. (laughs) That robot thing. They always do it. But yet, meanwhile, the real world is like, Hey, more AI everywhere. AI, AI, AI everywhere. Yeah. Let's make robot armies. Let's make a uh, robot uh, AI in every facet of everything in life. Uh, what can go wrong? I don't know. There's about 10,000 movies that just told you what could go wrong in a very yeah. realistic way. Yeah. But hey, yeah, what could go wrong? I know. It's true. And you know what it is? There's some films where, look, like, so, like for instance, certain horror films, like sometimes I know they're going to be bad, but we're kind of hungry for some, for some horror. I think that's the thing about horror fans is that not that we'll take anything, but if there's a horror movie, and even if it has a one star, I'm if I'm going to go in with that mentality, I'm going to go see it. Like I saw Jigsaw, that was not good, but mm. I really enjoy horror films. And I'm gonna, don't get me wrong, like if it's really bad, I'm going to be like, this is this is terrible. But I don't know. Do you agree with that? Something about yeah, yeah. I think I think because it's the same reason as to why I wouldn't want to make a chair prequel or sequel. Yeah it does kind of ruin what you set out to do. Cause the first ones always feel like they have tremendous purpose and vision. They do. There's subtext, there's themes, there's all these things, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're taking it to a different level. It's not just a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the sequels always kind of feel like cashing in on characterizations or, you know, cool factors of maybe a character design or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely feel that way with a lot of the horror sequels. Um, something that was interesting to me was always the uh, the Hannibal Lecter franchise. Yes, you know, so That's a good I, example. For those even that that don't remember, it's not necessarily tied directly to, but people think Sounds of the Lambs, but they forget Manhunter from the '80s with uh, Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter, right? That's and the right. dude that was in uh, CSI. I think it was CSI, like the first That's right. series. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So it's not tied to that. And it's not necessarily tied to it. No, I think they tried to rewrite things in history in a way to make it set up as if that was the first. And then, you know, but it's not really. It's yeah. just not. Um, but as far as the books go, they are. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Manhunter, Sounds of the Lambs, Hannibal, all that kind of stuff. Red Dragon. Hannibal um, Rising was another Hannibal one. Hannibal Rising. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So... I thought the Hannibal sequel had some good moments. Nothing had the same impact, I think, as mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs. Right. Uh, Hannibal was really good. I really liked that one. Yeah. And like Red Dragon was kind of like a remake right. of that was the th- That was the third one, right? And well, that was like the third one that was like a prequel. Yes. To Silence of the Lambs. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because Manhunter, just as a, as a movie, it's solid. Yeah. But it's just, it doesn't play this on the same notes. Exactly. That sounds like the lamps plays on, and and but that's what I love about that series is that you know you have this great great villain, right? Who you kind of root for in a weird in a weird way. You know, it, it's strange. I don't know what that says about me, but but I don't know what that comment that Alex made says about Alex. I love Hannibal Lecter. I love them all. I wonder what he would have 
much time. It's like, okay. Alex is in a very cheeky mood today. Yeah, damn, man. Whether it's the face cheek or the butt cheek, I don't know. But Alex wants to taste both. Like I said, you know, uh, uh, horror fans are deprived. So (laughs) what ways they want? Deprived of regular meat, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of that, why am I only recently finding out Rob is doing a slasher comic? Yeah, it's. I wasn't sure when I was going to launch it. That's why. So, uh, yeah, but definitely it's going to, I'm going to launch it in October after Peter does his Indiegogo for the Alterna reprints. Um, I'm a massive, massive slasher fan. And Wirehead is a character that I had on the back burner for a while. So I can't wait. I have uh, one of my former students, uh, Michael O'Shea. He illustrated uh, the Agent 87 comics. Uh, his, he's just getting better and better and uh, what he's got cooking up. And we decided to do black and white right uh, from Peter's recommendation when he, when I oh, showed yeah, him the black pages. and white looks great. Yeah, this way you, the inks can really shine. You Gives know? it a nice pulpy feel to it also. Right, right exactly. So it's, it's going to be wild. It's basically this cybernetic terror uh, terrorizes these unsuspecting teenagers because it always has to be unsuspecting teenagers in the Pocono Mountains. So it's it's going to be wild. I can't wait, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be having the uh, sign up page uh, coming soon for that for the pre launch page rather for Indiegogo. I'm, I'm still getting used to all this stuff. Peter's guiding me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will be an old pro at it within a year or so. Right. We're, we're, that's what happens when you start changing up and tweaking the publishing model. That's what happens also when you have a publisher that's like, "Hey, guys, I'd like for you to actually make money making your comics." Right. <laughs> Every other publisher is like. You get what you get. Just make the comic. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. The chat is getting wild, man. What did I start here? Now, Matt, heavy Matt, I hear Japanese people are the most delicious and Americans. Most <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Peter? It's our varied diet, I suppose, right? Yeah, Eating probably, right? Oh, well, maybe it's just part of the, you know, what's crazy? What if this, like, this is a zombie apocalypse and, like, you know, the, the coronavirus is making people hungry for flesh? Maybe, you know, and if I taste like Chinese and Italian food, I guess I get a, I got a <laughs> job. <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm Filipino and Italian, man. We're in trouble. Oh, we really are. <laughs> We're that fusion, you know what I mean? When they go to those restaurants. Yeah. Oh, a fusion. Nice. Yeah. Now, there's there's a comic Oh yeah. uh, for probably 20 years ago, but not for really now. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, my God. Oh, without a doubt. Let's see. For me, let's just see. Bear Cave. For me, a good sequel just maintains the appeal of the original and expands on what worked and the world as well as the characters. Got to keep that character development. I agree 100%. Yep. And uh, I think that's what's amazing. It's hard to say, too, with uh, Lord of the Rings, though, but Lord of the Rings are just brilliant sequels, upping the stakes and character development all throughout. Although, again, it, it is like one giant you know, series, like one big movie that's like 20 hours. Yeah. Yeah, watch out for Spencer with Lord of the Rings though, because he hates Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. Spencer hates Lord of the Rings. <laughs> How did he said that? Yeah, yeah. But these comments. We've had insane. many a conversation. You know, I let him. I let him like what he likes. He lets me like what I like. Oh man! Like adults. Does he prefer the Hobbit movies, or is it just he just hates? No, he just, yeah, he just doesn't think much of them. You know, he thinks they're they're boring and they're wandering, and and they are. They are. <laughs> they, they are wandering a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of wandering. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it there's there's uh there's definitely things I think that the films obviously they they try to cut back a lot as opposed to the books. They're very thick. He he's laughing yeah. like a madman in the chat now. That's great. 
but that's the thing is that you know people are allowed to to like and, and not like what it is they like and not like yeah unless yeah. you're on twitter and in the comic industry then it's to hell with you totally different <laughs> you're not allowed to dislike anything that they put out <laughs> but unfortunately See, we're kind of outside all that garbage thank uh, god so, yeah. so he can just you know he could like whatever that's fine yeah See, you know, and that the one thing I couldn't get, you know, behind is I, I didn't mind the first one, but the Resident Evil series. Now, I wonder if Rooster likes these, but the Resident Evil films, you know, what's amazing. They keep making money. They kept mm. making money. I just thought maybe because I'm a big fan of the video game series, you know, and I, the horror aspect of it was always great. The survival horror. I just wanted to see a true to the game Resident oh, Evil. I don't know if they'll ever do too. it, but yeah. I mean... Like, like in the first one, in the mansion. That's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I wanted too. And then it was like, uh, whatever. Yeah, we got uh, we got some weird action film that was like, uh, it's almost like the Matrix in a way. Or even really um, adapt Resident Evil Four. That mm -hmm. I thought that was a great game yeah. with, the, with that whole setting and everything. The village is very Lovecraftian, you know. Oh my God! Yeah. No, absolutely. Let's see real quick before we close. If you guys have any questions before we close, please let me know. Uh, yes, Peter and I will try to add, answer it. Let's see. I think there's another quote. I think you can do whatever you want to do and be as messed up as you want as, as long as the setting contextualizes it. My God, the 90s, I consume so much messed up stuff. <laughs> it was no holds barred. Like the Evil Dead movies, I love that and how it evolved to Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. I know that 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 was always kind of crazy to me because, again, it's it's all about when you see certain things. So I saw Army of Darkness first. Yeah. And then I watched it from, you know, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. Mm -hmm. And and I enjoy all three, but I still I don't know if it's because I saw it first or whatever, but I still enjoy Army of Darkness the most. <laughs> oh, me too. I love Army <laughs> and of then Darkness. Evil Dead 2 and then Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, but they're still they're all varying levels of great it's just what i enjoy more over the other but um mm -hmm. bruce campbell it's just i love this the series that they oh, had recently i think the first so good yeah the first maybe was it the two, first two seasons i thought were great the last season whatever that was <laughs> I, th I thought it got a little it, it lost the plot a bit but i know they also had problems again with the studio interfering and this oh, is and that, that right and all. is that what happened yeah, yeah. they wanted it in this kind of different it was like a tug of war hmm. so yeah it's it's interesting again you know when that kind of stuff happens as soon as you start getting too many chefs in there they do indeed spoil the pot yeah no that, that's exactly what happens and you lose that creator vision uh we have a very important question uh is there a sequel to this conversation <laughs> yeah there may be a sequel to this yeah, we we'll could see. we could do all kinds of different sequels to this conversation. I think we touched upon five other topics <laughs> during the course of this conversation. <laughs> hey, that's what happens. Oh man! All right. Well, we hit the one hour mark, Peter. Uh, it's up I'm to sure. you. I mean, if you want to go longer, I could go like till two thirty, but it's entirely up to you. All right, you want to go to two thirty? Yeah, we could do that. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, all right. So guys, watching and there's people interested in the conversation, so let's keep it up. All right. Great. Uh, okay, so what would you say? Now, we never really got to get to that final part, which was uh, uh, sequels better than the first. Uh, we kind of got distracted there. So oh, I would yeah. say it's tough, though. It's really hard, you know, because let's see. Batman, Batman, Batman Returns. It's like the, the it's only I could say at all, and this is just from my personal perspective, would be mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Back. 
that's the only one I could really say to me. Mm, okay. Um, and especially if I have to actually, you know, of course the sequel, it builds upon the first, but in terms of my enjoyment of the star Wars movies, it's like empire strikes back, new hope, return of the Jedi, revenge of the Sith, so on and so on. Right. But, Empire Strikes Back to me is better. Now, Erin argues with me that she likes New Hope the best. I, I struggle. I, I do love I New Hope. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm, but and she's a Yoda nut. She's yeah. a Yoda nut. So I'm like, how could you not? Yoda's in Empire Strikes Back. She's like, yeah, but New Hope just like sets everything up and all this Perfect. other stuff. And I'm like, it, so it is tough. It just it inches it to me. Or, yeah. or Indiana Jones, you know, um, Temple really? of Doom. I like more than really? Raiders. Yeah. Really? I know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, well, technically. I don't agree on that level, though. Really? All right. Wow. I, you know, it's funny. We should have talked about that. I didn't think about Indiana Jones. Uh, see, I think Last Crusade. Well, technically, I, I guess I do think a sequel is better because technically that's, was that the threequel? What would, what would you call that? It's a sequel, right? If it's a third film? Uh, yeah, it's still a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say as long as it builds in the series of progression of events in, in a forward manner, it's a sequel. Right. Otherwise, that's a prequel. So you can still have it the fourth, fifth, or sixth, and it's a pre and it tells events before the first, then it's a prequel. Wow. Wow. A lot of people look at this. Temple is better than Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Liberty what? Bell. Liberty Bell knows what's up. Best mod in the whole YouTube streaming biz. I'm not even sharing. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I'll give you your five bucks afterwards for that. I, I, I say kingdom of the crystal skull in my opinion now i'm getting a look at peter's face <laughs> now i don't want to tell you actually what to do with your channel but you should make bell a mod Liberty bell's a good mod puts the links in there promotes great how do you do that i don't even know how to do that oh so you would go in the youtube chat uh not the stream yard but the youtube and then you go and click by where they made a comment all the way on the far right the three dots show up for settings and then you could say you know add to moderators and stuff like that is that right and that's how people in the chat can post links and, and all other kinds of good stuff for you. Oh. And also, you know, oh, you so got to make sure you don't give it away willy nilly. Like, you know, maybe Spencer could get one or whoever, but, uh, okay. you know, some people, they go mad with power. <laughs> mad with but power. Liberty Bell's been good to me. So I think she, she'd be good to you too. Plus she so likes a uh, temp. So you make, oh, I see. So you said add moderator. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. And Liberty Bell. There's no matches found. Oh boy, you're gonna have to help me with this stuff next time. Mm, that's weird. Yeah, you yeah. should be able to do it. She should come up. Yeah, as long as you put the uh, add to moderator. Oh, something, okay. something like that. I don't well, see it on my end directly right now because it's not it's not my channel, so I I won't see that. Like mine just says report or block. Okay. All right. I'm gonna have to figure that out because I would definitely like to do that for sure. Yeah. R is a good uh, wrench-worthy person too. <laughs> wrench-worthy person. <laughs> yeah. Although someone said the raid too. Yeah, the raid too was really good. Yeah. That. Yeah. That, that was really really good. But I I I say personally, I think that uh, Crusaders, Crusaders. Uh, no, wait. Right, Crusaders of the Lost. No, I'm getting confused. Raiders of the Lost. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Last Crusade. Yeah. That was it. Last Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love love Last Crusade. I think that one's great personally yeah now, i think i think they're right i think temple might actually be a prequel is it? it is a prequel that's right it takes yeah. place three or four years earlier Interesting. yeah it is a prequel yeah yes, so technically prequel, yeah. is it a sequel then no no 
<laughs> I guess it would be a sequel for back in the day, but were they even using the term prequel in like 84? I don't even know. I don't think so. I- I'm amazed how that movie was an R, in my opinion, because when he- when I was a kid oh. and, I- <laughs> and he rips that heart out and the slave, la- the child, child labor and yeah. slave, the yeah. The monkey brains, but the chest thing freaked me out as a kid. I did not think they were going to show that. And he's just holding the beaten heart. I'm like, this is PG. <laughs> they had nudity on PG films too back in the day. It's very weird. Like Logan's Run, there's some nudity in that, and it was is PG. Really? Yeah. Oh my it's god! Strange world. Wow. Yeah, Last Crusade is great. Now, all right, now you ready? Now this, this is going to get some tension building. Okay. Right. Ghostbusters one or two? Oh, totally one. Oh, it's got to be one. Two? Come on. <laughs> Two's a good one, man. Two is good, but there's no way is it better than the first. Oh, man, he, he, I, 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 I hit a button here. Oh boy. Really? You mean I, two? You mean actually Ghostbusters two, right? The yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I love them all. Don't get me wrong, but like if there's one that that you would that you I love them both. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't get me. <laughs> oh my god. Are you looking forward to Ghostbusters Afterlife? Uh, sorta kinda, sorta kinda. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any more expectations for anything anymore. So, you know, I'm interested. I'll give it that much. I'm interested in seeing what happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Well, everyone's saying one. Okay. Yeah, That's I know two got a lot of hate. It did, um, man. Why? I think I got it. I think it kind of got it a little bit. One set the bar incredibly high. I think two, it did kind of the weird things of, of everyone was tired of it at the at that point in time of like introducing a kid angle, you know. And it's it, there. It's it's all this kind of you know, it's a little bit not not like what they made in the first. Like it's it feels a little too far into the future. Really? And I know that there was time between yeah, one I, and two. Yeah, I think two. it was a couple, quite a few years between one and two. Yeah. All I can all I can say, though, is that considering afterwards what I saw about, and this was a part of why I'd never want to make a movie ever again. Even on a small indie level, it's maddening, and it's ridiculous, the ego trips involved. Mm. Um, and, and not from the people you'd even expect half the time. Like, like Roddy Piper was... No ego whatsoever. Mm. Dude would call me up and text me and say, I have an idea for this. I have an idea for that. I want to make sure, though, that it jives with the character that you made. I want to make sure. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, Roddy Piper wants to make sure that he's doing something I approve of. (laughs) What? So and, and he he was fantastic. Oh, I, I love Roddy. Just absolutely, it was it was devastated when he passed away. But um, so what happened with Ghostbusters to see the the trials and tribulations they went through to just even make the first one and all the craziness and it, it was insane. And then what happened between one to two and and all kinds of other craziness as well, also within the cast at the time and and within the studio and the different things that had transpired between the time and nothing could seem to work out. I mean, we kind of almost didn't even get a Ghostbusters 2. No way. So, I had no idea. Yeah. So considering what had occurred and everything else, all right. You know, it was way more heavily influenced, I think, from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Mm. And oh. I think it kind of lost some people with that. I did love that show. That was a great but, show. 
but that's the thing again with the hindsight of having ghostbusters the real ghostbusters hitting them all at the right time and the right ages for me anyway and probably for you too yeah i, I love both of them when both i was a kid so yeah no absolutely wow that's crazy i didn't know that yeah but, i mean the ghostbusters probably because the success of the real <laughs> ghostbusters cartoon i, the chat. I know oh, dude the chat. i can't even keep up <laughs> the crack of me up oh our tmnt all right i that's a good one oh that is a good one yeah well um, i would say the sequel's better oh i would no? say the first still i would yeah, say the really? first yeah yeah Oh boy, the the sequel is good though. I do like the sequel, Secret of the Ooze, right? That's the one you're referring to. Yeah, right. Put Super yeah. Shredder at the end. Oh yeah, like I, I still love that sequel also. But the the third one, see what I don't like about the sequel is this. I did kind of like who they got for April O'Neil. I didn't like who they got in the second because mm. she was a little too much on the nose of like you would just yeah. see her as a reporter for real. Like she just kind of had that. I like agree. April O'Neil in the first one feels more like a journalist. Mm -hmm. not like a reporter and yeah. then like someone who actually would take the risk of doing what she did um but then the sequel there's no casey jones he's not there that, that's true that's Why? right i forgot about that oh my you know it's been so long but super put shredder. casey jones in there and get yeah. the original actress of april o'neill as well and mm -hmm. you probably do probably do have a better movie than the first okay. one um but yeah, I, I thought the second one was good. It's still built upon the first, but the third, uh, we don't talk about the third. Oh my God, that's when they go to like back in time, right? Turtles they, in time. Like... They do. That's interesting. Yeah. They There's a third movie that they did that. I yeah. didn't know. That's right. <laughs> I must uh, not, not look this up. I'll <laughs> just so... let you tell me about it. <laughs> and I'll imagine it. Yeah. And then you'll forget it once this and is over. I'll forget that it exists. Oh my God! I w would you say that Dark Knight is better than Batman Begins? I w I would agree that in terms of like the way it's made That's and the story. Tough. That's really. Tough. I would Some say ways, yes. Yeah. I like I like the aspect of in Begins that they have a full character arc for Bruce Wayne. Like it truly does feel like Batman Begins. Yeah. It does. Um, so I like the actual character arc that they set up. Um, but then there's other things about it, obviously, that are not as good mm -hmm. as Dark Knight. So I think it's kind of like it depends on what. It's really difficult, though. I mm -hmm. think given the day or whatever it is, I think you could say one, and the other day you could say the other. It's kind of like what whatever mood you're in. Mm -hmm. It's a, a bear cave. <laughs> I love these. Love the chat today. They're great. <laughs> Pete, look into your screen. There is no TMNT three. Repeat after me. There, there is none. Three. You're correct. Yes. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> Only two of them. Did Only you see, two of them. Did you see the remake? What did you think of those? I thought the um, second remake was better than the first one. Out of the yeah. shadow. Yeah, I thought so too. So that's an uh, example I'd say. I, better. Yeah, and I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like those either. <laughs> but. The pro the positives I'll take away from that is characterizations are still pretty spot on. It's more an aesthetic thing of what I don't like about them, and then I don't make Fox is so bad in them. Oh yeah, the, the April O'Neil, give me the April O'Neil from the second, the Secret of the Use. I'll take her any day of the week. I apologize. Please forgive me. Yes, <laughs> you know, Megan Fox yeah. is a there's a place for her, and I'm sure she probably even could have pulled off the part. You know, mm -hmm. maybe if, if it was the right direction or script or whatever. Right. Um, but that's not April O'Neill. 
No. And I thought that she was actually the worst part about those movies. And yeah. um, she was yeah, better in the second. Better uh, in the second, absolutely. She was better yeah. in the second. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, I wish that they still just, you know, it was it's, it was one of the first times I could remember when fans started losing their minds and started yes. redesigning. I remember that. Being, that was like the first time I saw that. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, every one right. of these guys is doing a better job. I know. Just <laughs> the design. They looked so weird. You know, I had to get used to them. You know? Yeah. I, I slowly, by, by the time the movie was over, I got used to the way they looked. But <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, not for nothing, but what they did and obviously of course with the help of jim henson which was oh, yeah. crazy like, yeah, i had the tra trading cards and you see the one with jim henson and them and everything and i was like oh my god jim henson had something to do with it i'm like yes. that's why the great even as a kid i knew jim henson's greatness yeah and to see what they did and what they accomplished on mm -hmm. an animatronic level oh those yeah suits and the mobility they got out of them and the reaction motion oh it's incredible it's br brilliant in terms of like a technical achievement to do that because oh. they all look like they were alive and they were individualized. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And they made yeah. them all look different. Yes. Subtly. All little differences between yes. every one of them, you know? So it's just when you see the part and, and I put up the clip for father's day of the part when Raphael comes in and splinters yelling at him in a way to yeah. be like, come over here, listen to me. Like we're going to talk scene. right now. And and he's talking to him about his anger and everything else. And all I could think is neither of these, like as, as a kid, I didn't think about this at all because it was like they were so real. You just go with it. Yeah. But even as an adult trying to just get my head around it, like I'm doing the reverse of what pulls me out of something. So usually what yes. pulls me out of a movie, I sit there and think like, oh, you know, look at this is just like the, they're puppets, they're this, they're that. Uh, right. This is what someone wrote, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it pulls you out. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm trying to pull myself out of that scene, and trying to think, okay, this is just a scene set up. They're, these are animatronic. This is a puppet. This is that, Correct. and I can't even do it. That's how no. good it is. And the acting too was it's just, just so on oh, point. It's on point. It's mm -hmm. incredible. Now, that that scene always stuck with me. That was in the first one. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was so much darker, but in a good way. You know, I yeah. think it's tough. I can't say the second one's better. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the way the the characters are established in that one. Oh, oh yeah, it's too good. We have a good question here, real quick. Uh, but I want to ask you, what do you think of the Riddick series? Before we get to that, I love Riddick. Riddick's one of my favorite uh, movie characters. Uh, I love Pitch Black. I thought that movie was fantastic. It was like this horror film, kind of like Aliens in a little bit. Two got a little like too crazy and overindulgent with its epic plot, but I did like the world it created. Two was a great video game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty good video game. Like yeah, actually, like, the video too. But um, yeah, oh, was, the video game is phenomenal. Actually, yeah, been, I was playing that the other day. Yeah, uh, and the um, the third one I love. That's one's my favorite. Riddick. What's the? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, I I like, I especially at the time when it came out, I liked Pitch Black a lot because it it yeah. felt, it felt kind of like the same way I felt about Predator. Yes. And it, yeah. again, it was a movie that didn't when I, I, I hate doing this thing where something's been out for forever and I'm like, i don't want to spoil it <laughs> but certain characters die and you're like wow I'm i was shocked, shocked. <laughs> yeah like it took risks it did like yeah it subverted expectations in a good way because you thought these characters were definitely safe and especially that ending in pitch black i was like whoa yeah. i did not think that was going to happen and the character That's, designs were great too 
Oh yeah, and that's totally the right way to subvert expectations. You know, right. to, so you don't want the audience. You never want the audience necessarily feel safe about everything because then it turns into it's not interesting. You know, right. if everyone's gonna make it through all the time, and and they're not only not gonna just make it through, but they're not gonna be affected by what's happening. It mm -hmm. just is like, what am I watching this for? What is this? Not a story anymore. Right. Um, it's just a commercial now. And same for uh, comics too. For yeah. comic books as well. Yeah. So, but when they subvert expectations and it's like, oh, you thought that character would act that way that's been acting that way for decades and you were wrong. <laughs> that's, that's, right. That's the wrong way to do it. That's called bad writing. That's not called subverting <laughs> expectations. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference. <clears throat> Love Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, Jake Skywalker. Did you Luke, say Luke, Jake? Yeah, Luke died somewhere between uh, six and seven. Jake Skywalker. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Uh, what movie do you think deserves a sequel? Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good question, too. What deserves a sequel? So a movie that, that never got a sequel, that deserves a sequel. Oh, man. Well, I, I will say, just judging by stuff that I just saw recently, uh, I just saw Brightburn, and I just reviewed it on my channel, and I thought it was awesome. Gotta oh, see. Yeah. You gotta check that out. You and Aaron have to watch that. It's imagine Superman, like we said with Red Sun, you know, but he came down, but he was he's he's pure evil. And mm -hmm. it's it's that origin story, but with a whole totally different twist. So I would love to see where they would take it, but you know, I don't know. You, you get worried. I'm worried with sequels, but I would love to see the next stage. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what I could say that deserved. A sequel or one at least that i would have liked to see i could think of many movies that i'm like i'd like to see it just completely erased oh we just <laughs> got a great sorry oh was that a dread, dread. i would love I didn't see that one. you didn't see dread oh, oh i saw i've seen the stallone one but i it's oh, on my man every time every time i think okay I, I got some time i could just put it on while i pack up boxes or whatever Oh, that never happens. Put put that put that on in the background, even if it's like a half hour. Come back to it. Dread is, in my opinion, one of the best modern action movies, next to Fury Road. But this one was great, and I would love to see a sequel to Dread. That's an excellent one, Razmez. Yeah, and oh, Spinosaurus Rex says uh, Dread as well. 4K Ronin with Keanu Reeves. I heard that was pretty cool. I never saw that. Oh, yeah, the 47. Yeah, yeah. That's it's pretty good. 4K 47. I said 4K. <laughs> you got resolution on your mind. <laughs> exactly. mm. I really don't know that that's really tough to come up with a movie that deserves a sequel that never got one. That's really difficult. We're just going to have dead air for about five minutes while I think. Yeah, no, go ahead. Take a minute. Yeah, I'll, I'll look in the chat real quick. Yeah, yeah, read the chat. Let me uh, let me buy some time there. Ooh, yeah. That's cool. That's true. Masters of the Universe. I love that original movie. It would have been so cool to have another one. Yeah, it's one of my most favorite guilty pleasure type movies. Yeah. Courtney yeah. Cox is in there, right? She's like young. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'd love to see a Masters of the Universe that's just on Eternia. Mm, that would have been wild yeah don't 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 come to earth <laughs> that's that's you know it's one of those things that i've reconciled I feel the same you way know, yeah about that but it's like still yeah <laughs> mm, that's so tough it really is tough about picking a movie i wonder if anyone in the chat here 
Uh, Flash Gordon, that's a good one. That is a good one, Flash Gordon. Yeah. That's a good one. Razmaz on a roll. Could have been cool for a sequel, yeah. I like that option. Yeah, Flash Gordon. What about, this may be controversial because it was pretty closed up, you know, the whole story, but Labyrinth. Mm. You know, you it's could. like... <sighs> the kid come, becomes the Goblin King, maybe? I don't oh, know. Man. I know, yeah. it, it, it's like it's teetering on ruining the original, but yeah. I, Labyrinth is one of my favorite films. There was like 10 years maybe where that was a possibility, I'd say. Yeah, but you, yeah, you can't do it now. You would need now both. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, she says, sorry to stump you. I don't have an answer either. <laughs> I, I say dread. Uh, I, I fully support and confidently say dread without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the the current uh, Demolition Man sequel we find ourselves in right now. <laughs> oh, another one, Rocketeer. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. A good one too. yeah, picking picking some good ones. Yeah, Rocketeer would have had yeah. a great sequel. Would yeah. have been cool to see him fight something other than Nazis. Now you know, like maybe the mob or something like that. Yeah, that would have yeah. been cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, both of those, Flash Gordon and Rocketeer, and Dread. Yeah. That could have been, yeah, that could have been pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah that could have been really that. good. I'll go with that. I'll yeah. go with what you guys say. <laughs> I, no, honestly, cool. I'm, I'm stumped. I'm, I'm really seriously stumped to find other ones. Right? <laughs> Mars Attacks sequel is Earth Attacks. <laughs> Blade 1 or Blade 2, Peter? For me, when Blade 2 came out, I remember thinking, I like this better than 1. Mm. but i loved one yeah so, i love one uh, i think frost is just the coolest villain in, in the whole well i can't even say trilogy because that third one was just <laughs> yeah yeah that by. started <laughs> that started when did that come out actually the third one uh 98 right the first one was 98 which, which 2004 for the third 2004 one. wow I thought yeah. it was way, I thought it was like 2007. Yeah, it felt like that. Yeah, especially with like the everything's like this tongue in cheek bullshit, you know. know. It, <laughs> it feels more like 2007 to 2010. Yeah. That start of that way of doing things. Yeah. I think they should let Whistler die off in the first one, though. Mm. Because then they brought him back in the second. I was like, what? He had that epic send off. Yeah. You yeah. know? That's true. The first one is so dark, and it's that's a great movie, man. That yeah. opening scene in the club, and he just oh, he, yeah. he just grins like he's got that grin because he could smell the fear of the vampires. Yep. And then you get that awesome late '90s, 2000 techno music, yep. <laughs> and then the carnage begins. Yeah, because oh. that second one, the second one was directed by Guillermo del Toro, right? Yes. Um, what was the first one? Who was the first one? Stephen Norrington, I think. Oh, okay. I think All right, written, that makes sense. I think it was written by Goyer. I think it was written by Goyer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But that so, was yeah. a good way to do a sequel, though. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, that was a good sequel. It really was. I liked it. I, I haven't seen them both in, in years. Same. But I, I should rewatch them. It's funny too because Blade doesn't get any credit with basically well from from all of those in the know it gets I know. credit. I know, <laughs> but 
mass mainstream wise doesn't get anything close to the credit deserves <laughs> for kind of kicking all of this stuff off. It's unbelievable. Like seriously, not to mention you you had in the nineties too, you realize I think a year before that you had Spawn, who was a black hero, and then you had Blade. I mean, they're they're awesome characters. And they existed before all this nonsense. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. but really, it's true. That really kicked off the 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 comic book movies. Yeah, and, that you could seriously you know, do these things. Yeah. Yes. And um and how other than the superheroes. And then, yeah, and then they all had the, this weight and gravitas to them. And then now it's become fashionable to take all of that away. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the part of it that sucks me out of it. So everything kind of feels like, like when I saw uh, Thor Ragnarok, and I don't know if this is going to be divisive for anybody or whatever, but it mm -hmm. is what it is for me. Um, I really didn't like it at all. Mm. And it just felt like the Thor franchise is what it is. The yeah. Thor character is what it is. Loki is what he is. The setting is what it is. Right. If you want to have that kind of a thing, I mean, you want to make Lego Thor as a movie, Thor Ragnarok is the movie to do it. Lego. And I would have loved it because it's like, here's the, you know, the, the attitude of it. And that's what it is. Right. But it really felt like a Lego movie with everything's tongue in cheek. Everything's kind of, you know, scenes linger on till they become absurd. Everything's yeah. kind of, yeah, everything's kind of pushed a bit. Right. But I, it just felt like the characters aren't behaving the way that they did previously and there's really no explanation as to why right it, you know you, you have to have all these kinds you have to have maybe two movies in between to really fully flesh out as to why these characters are the way they are now right. so yeah i thought that that was kind of kind of odd so i'm not really looking forward to more uh thor and whatnot the next yeah. one that has that she ish logo <laughs> Oh God! Thunder or whatever Love that other. thunder. I know it's just it's it's like it's getting a little played out, you know. <laughs> yeah, a little, little played out. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's I don't know. I don't know about these superhero movies as much. Like in the beginning, it was great. You know, I we saw Infinity War, the whole nine yards. But like now, I'm like, all right, you know, I let's take a break. Remember that nice break between sequels. That, that let you like you know thirst for it and made you think about it and you're like you can't wait to get that yeah, anticipation yeah. going yep it's like i don't feel like oh all right here's, here's they, they just sent out their whole schedule for this year next year next season you know what i mean it's like i think yeah. that's what killed the star wars thing personally is that they were like here's rogue one which was a good movie so then rogue one and then uh, last jedi and then solo it's like all right let us breathe man yeah, especially for a filler movie, I thought Rogue One was, you know, it did all it could do. Yeah, the best it could. You know, it, you kind of knew where everything was going anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought a tremendous miss, and at least this was from a personal take. Mm -hmm. um, the guy that plays, I forget his name as an actor. He's, he was so good in it, though, but he's he's kind of the main villain in it, um, an older actor. I'm going to just look up. In, wait, in, in Rogue One? In Rogue One. Ben Mendelsohn, that guy? Ben Mendelsohn, there you go. Yeah. Johnny on the spot today. Yeah. <laughs> he was um, in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, he was great in this series on Netflix too called Bloodline. I didn't see uh, that. Really good uh true like well, not true crime, but it's a, it's a crime drama family type mm. of series. Um so I thought that if you mixed him with somebody else, he looks like he'd be the dad of Harrison Ford. Oh wow. And I thought, what a thing it would have been if they set it up that his character was the father of Han Solo. 
<laughs> and that that explains why Han Solo is the way he is because he's got this dad that's like whatever the hell he's doing, and Han Solo is just like an orphan pretty much. Wow. And you could have kind of had these little breadcrumbs of story that because it was such a good character, but he was he was gone. There was nothing. There's nothing from Rogue One that ties really necessarily into anything else other than they got the plans. The plans go to them, and then that's yeah. It. But it would have been interesting if they're going to do this because that's why I thought with Solo coming out, then they were going to have these little ties that turned it into uh, like, okay, you got this actor specifically. Uh, he's a good actor. He's solid. He did a good good job with the role, but he also kind of looks like he could have been Han Solo's father. That would have been really cool. And you know what's funny is that he eventually joins the, uh, becomes an Imperial pilot. He goes into yeah. The, and the, how ironic would it have been that Han Solo eventually helps blow up the Death Star? wow peter samedi yeah get you over it <laughs> he's like yeah you gotta get me over at disney they <laughs> love me <laughs> <laughs> oh man they just eat you up <laughs> oh they would dizzy with a spoon <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah. did you see uh solo star wars story no i just <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I what i saw was enough what i heard was enough um it's one of those things that just i don't have back in the day i always made it a point that i wanted to see everything especially the stuff that i thought looked like crap so i could have some kind of educated you know thing talking right. about it right and then eventually i i got too busy for that kind of nonsense and i was like i just want to even background stuff, I want to put on something that interests me vaguely. Mm -hmm. uh, so back in the day, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I would have had that on. I would have watched it just to see it. But at this point, I'm like, I've seen enough. It's, I will say, I actually enjoyed it more than Rogue One a little bit. It was, it was oh, okay. It was fun. I don't know if that's because of the original directors, you know, Lord and Miller originally did it. And then Ron Howard came in and like, he like wrapped it up, but it, it, it had a good feel, but, uh, was filmed really dark in some in some scenes but apparently i heard that avp2 is like insanely dark so mm. i don't i don't know is that true mm. it's not i guess it depends on people's uh, you know they say dark and then sometimes that usually just means it's it's gorier or whatever um dark in terms of thematically i don't think so mm -hmm. i think the first one's more more dark more intense yeah yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, man. All right. Well, we went over the 2.30. Uh, oh, holy smokes. Yeah. Look I at know. that. Know. 10 Dude. minutes of it me being, uh, you know, thinking, well, what, what would make a good sequel? <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But it's I all about think... those watch hours, though, as long as they stay and watch. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Keep talking, Pete. Keep talking. We're silently thinking. <laughs> That's hmm. all. Uh, real quick, last question. Let's see. The villains of the Star Wars franchise are more interesting than the heroes, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Darth oh, Vader's yeah. arc is just so fascinating. I think anything with any good story, especially a story with uh, heroes and villains, mm -hmm. the heroes are more defined by the villains than the villains are by the heroes. And I yeah. think that's just the way it is in real life, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're more defined by who hates you than who likes you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you should all kind of get along. I agree. But when, people, when there's people that don't like you, you may go, huh, I wonder. Who's that? And then depending yeah. who they are, you're like, oh, that person hates them. Hey, they must be good. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. 
<laughs> At least that's what I tell myself. Right. <laughs> uh, I think there's a gap in the psychological horror genre. Horror, psychological horror. Like thriller? There's a gap? I don't know. Um, I think I think oftentimes uh, the psychological horror genre is a bit empty on the horror aspect. Well, like what would be an example of psychological horror? Meaning like... Uh, so uh, when I think of psychological horror, I think of things like, uh, I guess, like Silence so? of the Lambs. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Things that play more with uh, intense themes and, and things like that that are more grounded. Uh, the Chair has been classified as a psychological horror movie, but usually there isn't much of that much of the horror the right. stuff that kind of lingers with you there's sure. only a couple of psychological horror movies i think that do that otherwise they start to just more they, they, they kind of more fall into eventually just like thriller or crime right. you know absolutely oh alex says i'm missing his comments i didn't see i didn't see alex's stuff oh I'm trying to keep up with everything because you want to eat people so much alex yeah damn what did he i gotta call, go back here we go. What did I miss, Alex? A sequel to X Men Two would have been great. We did get one. Oh, I see what he's saying. <laughs> he can't, can't read it. You got to put the winky emoji or something, and then we can read it a little bit better. Like it'd be great if I could eat people. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll know. Oh, okay. Definitely. A bear cave spawn sequel. Yeah, that deserved a sequel. Spawn. Yeah. Yeah. That was a shame. Oh, John Carter. Did you see John Carter? That was an awesome movie. I was really surprised. No, yeah. The, it did look pretty good, though, to me. I just never got around to checking it out. So I got to check out uh, that one and then uh, Dread. Yeah, Dread. I would definitely check out Dread, man. Put that in the background. You'll definitely enjoy it. I yeah, think I'm I got burned oh, by oh. the RoboCop remake that I oh, felt like when Dread kind of came out closely after. I figured uh, probably going to be the same kind of thing. Oh, yeah. No, that... That, that's absolutely true. And also, uh, what do you think of Halloween, the new one? Did you see it? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Oh, okay. I think the last Halloweens I saw were the the zombie, the Rob Zombie ones. Oh, I didn't see those. Were those any good? The first one was okay. I heard the second, um, is, second one's a, a bit of a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, the new Halloween movie. I thought it was a good direction in the way they brought back Laurie Strode. Uh, I'm in, I'm excited to see where they're going to go with the next one, Halloween Kills. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. I guess we'll close there. We got some uh, comics to make and comics to pack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, before uh, before we do close out, I am shocked that we had this whole sequel discussion and we didn't touch the Matrix once. Oh my God, that's right. You know, I had it in the back of my head. That's right. No, real quick. Yeah, we have to. Uh, so here's a confession. Uh, Matrix Reloaded was the only movie I ever fell asleep in the theater. Yeah, I, I could make the Matrix sequel conversation really short and say they didn't need them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I didn't even bother seeing the third one. Yeah. The third one, the only thing that was interesting at all whatsoever about all of it, and at the time it really pissed me off uh, at the end of the third one, was basically how it's just you're caught in a big loop and a big cycle and you think you're doing all these things and whatever and it doesn't, none of it really matters. And if anything, at the time it pissed me off, 
from a storytelling perspective because it's like so none of this matter what we just watched none of it matters right. yeah really there's only one matrix movie end of discussion yeah yeah Great Liberty Bell. but looking at it metaphorically it is funny how much it kind of just says history repeats itself yeah and it's always different variations and this and that but it, it's you do whatever you can do but at the end of the day it's it's kind of bigger than you yes you know so um, it is kind of funny the comment that it makes on that because I think we even find ourselves right now uh, to to relay it even to today's time, we mm. find ourselves in what looks like a loop, yeah, with discussions we've already had and things that have already happened and fights we've already fought, right. you know. But for some, they don't realize that all these things already occurred. <laughs> I know. So it is kind of funny the commentary it makes, but at the time, as far as a movie goes. I just felt like the second and third that put the nail in the coffin. I was like, they didn't need to happen. I passed out during that whole tribal dance scene. I went with my father. Yeah. I forget. And it was the first movie. I actually, he and I both like just nodded off and I woke yeah. up and somehow they were these weird twin guys. I don't know what the hell they were, but yeah. I, now they're making a fourth one and counter Reeves is back and all that. I'm just like, what? What about Bill and Ted though? You're excited for Bill and Ted though. Those that's a fun sequel though. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the first two, and yeah. then uh, the third one. It's like it's not really raising any flags in a big way to me. Um, I'm like, yeah, okay. Again, I don't really get too excited for a lot of these things nowadays. When it's something that's that's new that pops up, even with comics, when it's something new that comes in, yeah. it kind of is like, oh, what's that? I want to check that out. But when it's something like a sequel, or you know, if I'm glad it's not a reboot. Yes, well, so glad it's not that. Uh, that that's um, a whole another discussion on like, reboots yeah. and all that stuff because that's literally these sequels are kind of like hidden. These reboots are hidden behind the guise of a yeah. sequel. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like that's the age we live in now. Yeah. Know? So I'm glad that it, that they're doing the sequel route with it. I'm glad they got Bill and Ted back. Yes. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I'm interested to see it. I mean, yeah. I like that it progresses the story. You know. It's good. Yeah, I mean, Speed Two is definitely better than Speed One. <laughs> yeah, I am curious though if they'll still be just as airheaded as they were. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like they haven't grown up at all. At all. <laughs> like, I hope. I hope they retain a little bit still of maybe you know they're not as dumb, but I hope they still have some of that innocence, some of that that charm, and some of that sincerity that they had in the first two. Yes. Uh, even if they're not like whoa every five seconds, you know. Right, exactly. But hopefully, yeah. it's a little. It's still there. Hopefully. Sure. I got I got Alex and Liberty Bell real quick. Yeah, rather have the next John Wick. John Wick. Those sequels are wild. They're pretty wild. Three yeah, yeah. was a little crazy. Like a little like <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's tone it down. But I, I I still like them for what they are. You know. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Transporter series. I love the Transporter series. Yes. It's like that, yeah. Well, now they're filming four and five back to back, apparently. Of mm. uh, Wit John Wick, so that should be interesting. I like when they do that. I like the Dukes of Hazard movie, okay. Dukes of Hazard, interesting. Oh, hey, she just said, yeah, four and five being filled together. And question: uh, prequel to Blood Run would be cool. Perhaps see what almost ended mankind. Could do that, maybe. It's hinted a little bit in the in the first volume, but uh. I will say that uh, for what comes in the following volumes and how the saga concludes, I guarantee no one can predict it. That's yeah. a, I think so. And but 
a lot of questions will be answered if people do have questions. Yeah, don't don't give them a J.J. Abrams kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> oh, God. All right, guys. So we're going to close here. Uh, thank you so much for being awesome in the chat. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, they were great. Cannibalism and sequels. This was a, <laughs> this was a so good many time. topics. <laughs> so many topics. Well, Pete, thank you for joining me again on this uh, Thursday afternoon. And I'm sure I'll be back on your channel sometime soon. Never again. <laughs> Never again unless you change your mind on what you think is a better sequel than the original. Ghostbusters 2, how dare you, Rob? Listen, I love them both. I love them both. <laughs> but I know they're because... riding the Statue of Liberty in the second one. And yeah, that, probably exactly. ruined, yeah, that probably clinched it for you. I loved it. <laughs> or the true fact of all the awful, disgusting pink slime underneath New York City that truly is there that makes everybody so awful. I, you know what it is, man? It's just funny. It's still funny, but also I love the idea that this painting is alive. Maybe it's the art history background in me. I think that's <laughs> what it is. You know, because I've seen a lot of ugly paintings, and imagine if one of those guys came out of the painting, I'd be pretty freaked out. That's and true. Maybe maybe that's why, you know. I don't I, want any of the guys behind you coming out of those paintings. <laughs> yeah, definitely no not. not. Not here. We don't want these guys popping out. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed the stream, and... uh we will catch you guys next time. Take care, everyone.